Decisions, decisions, decisions. If you love making decisions and know for sure you always make the right ones, then this episode is not for you. However, if you struggle with overthinking, underthinking, general wishy-washiness, or just making wrong choices, then keep listening because what I'm sharing today is just what you need to hear. By the end of the episode, you'll have a plan to help you confidently make your next big decision and then feel really good about your choice. You are listening to Work Is Good, the thought-provoking, gaze-shifting, and action-inspiring podcast for Christian women who work from home. If you desire to keep looking upward to Christ in your work and beyond, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kristen Eifeldano from WorkingUpward.com. According to at least one study out there, we make nearly 35,000 decisions every single day. Now, I'm assuming most of those are the kinds of decisions we make out of habit or with super little thought and with not much of a risk at all. Things like what to wear or what to have for breakfast or how much ice we want in our tea. But some of those decisions are kind of a big deal, and if we're completely honest with ourselves and each other, they're not always so easy. And many times these decisions have lasting consequences. That's a sobering thought for everyone, but especially people like me who tend to struggle with analysis paralysis. If I'm not careful, I can think way too much to the point of taking too long to make a decision and even pretty insignificant ones. Or if I think too much after a decision, then I struggle with what scientists like to call wishy-washiness. And then even if I do make a sound decision, I still suffer the consequence of losing way too much time in making that decision. So my plan for this episode is to break down all the elements of good decision-making for you so you and I can be more confident in making our decisions. I want to talk about the root of many of our struggles, the biblical antidote for that, some pre-decision-making principles, some do's and don'ts to help you, and then a five-part framework to guide us through confident decision-making. I even have some post-decision-making principles as well. Okay, let's get started. I've identified a few roots to our struggles in decision-making, at least the struggles that I face, and I'm thinking you do as well. And the first root I want to talk about is misunderstanding the concept of God's will. As Christians, our end goal in making all decisions is to be in God's will, right? So we want to make sure we have a biblical understanding of it. The Bible generally talks about God's will in two different ways, which are made clear in Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. In this verse, we see that the Bible talks about God's will in these two ways. Number one, God's sovereign will, which he calls his secret will. And these are things like, will it rain? Will my sports team win? These are things that we might be able to guess, but we really don't know for sure. But God knows for sure. Psalm 139.16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me 
when as yet there was none of them. So before we were even born, God knew exactly what was going to happen. And that is his secret will. And many, um, many things that we don't know now, he knows that is his sovereign will or his secret will. Then there is God's revealed will or his decreed will. Should I tell the truth? Well, yes, the Bible actually tells me to. Should I work hard? Yeah, the Bible tells me to do that as well. Should I love my neighbor? Yes, God has revealed all of this as his will in his word. And remember, 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 16, one of my favorite passages says, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. The Bible is our compass. It is our guideline. And even bigger than that, it is actually God's revealed will. We don't have to wonder what God wants in most situations, or at least a great majority of our life. We really don't have to wonder. Um, We get these things, these two mixed up though, however, and when we do that, that's when problems arise. For example, sometimes we identify our own will as God's sovereign will when he's made it very clear that it's a secret. And we also make decisions without consulting God's revealed will in scripture It's there, but we overlook it or we forget it or we conveniently forget it. And then we suffer consequences that could have easily been avoided had we just paid attention to what he clearly stated in the Bible. The second route to our decision-making struggles is we think we're the ones in charge. I mean, we wouldn't actually say that out loud. But sometimes we act like everything in the world depends on us and our decisions, and we completely forget that God is the one who is ultimately in charge. We see this a lot when we attempt to make decisions that aren't even ours to make, or we worry and worry and think and think and hesitate to make a decision because we're thinking way too far down the road and trying to understand things that only God understands or we try to control things that only God can control. And the third route I've identified is this, and I'm sure there are more, but one more reason why we struggle is we're simply afraid. We assume the worst possible outcome and we scare ourselves. We let fear overtakes us. This brings me to the antidote to our root struggles, and that is simply this. Understand God's loving plan for us and trust him to guide us and work it all out. And of course, the more we're, the more we're in the word of God and communing with him in prayer, the less we struggle with these root issues. Okay, so let's talk about some pre-decision making principles, and we'll talk about the five-part framework soon, but I want to make sure we're on the same page with a few practical principles we can apply throughout that framework. Number one in the pre-decision making principles list I have here is to avoid fleece mentality. Have you ever heard that phrase, setting out the fleece? Or maybe you've heard someone say they're looking for a sign or confirmation from God. 
Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I believe that many times God does give us confirmation through open and closed doors and the peace we feel in our hearts, but we need to be really careful here because seeking a sign or setting out the fleece is not always a reliable thing to do. This concept comes from the story of Gideon in Judges chapter 6, where the angel of the Lord, which we find out a couple of verses later, is actually the Lord himself, comes to Gideon and directs him to gather the Israelite troops to defeat the Midianites. Gideon asked for a sign so he could know for sure that it was indeed the Lord talking to him, and the Lord gives him a sign, which you can read for yourself if you like, and then when it comes time to actually fight the Midianites, Gideon struggles with fear once more, and I'm going to read that part to you because I think it will help you recognize the fleece mentality we all can be prone to. Verse 36, chapter 6, Then Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece alone, and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he rose early next morning and squeezed the fleece, He wrung enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, Let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. Please let me test just once more with the fleece. Please let it be dry on the fleece only, and on all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, and it was dry on the fleece only, and on all the ground there was dew. First of all, can we just get an amen for God's graciousness? How gracious he was to, to uh, I guess you could say, humor Gideon in that place. Uh, Gideon kept asking for a sign, and God graciously gave it to him. But do you see how Gideon's root struggles in this passage are the same as ours? He had the revealed will of God, yet he still doubted. He also feared, and he was certainly attempting to be in charge, calling the shots with the fleece. You could, you could just really see how God humored him in that situation, can't you? We need to be very careful when asking for signs from God when it comes to our decisions and guard ourselves from this kind of mentality because who else can give God give signs? Satan and his demons certainly can. But also, don't you think we can manufacture our own signs sometimes and assert our own will in our decisions? Absolutely. The second pre-decision-making principle I have for you is to clarify your priorities. Think of your priorities as a filter for your decisions, separating the no-brainers from the brainers. If your family is a top priority for you and a mere acquaintance invites you to a party the same night as your little girl's dance recital, No-brainer, family first, decision made. If a prospective client reaches out and asks you to work on a project you find morally questionable or that goes against your own conscience, no-brainer, obedience to God comes first. See what I'm saying here? Okay, Um, the third principle is make decisions on a full stomach, a rested mind and a rested body. Some decisions may be extremely time-sensitive, But I'll admit, most decisions aren't rush decisions, or at least they shouldn't be. Make sure you are operating in the best mental and spiritual condition 
when making your decision. Don't make decisions hangry. You know the cross between hungry and angry. And don't make decisions stressed. And don't make decisions when you desperately need some sleep. Number four, limit your choices wherever possible. Choices are really nice to have and can be a gift, but sometimes choices can weigh us down. The good news is that we can take actions to limit our choices. Too many clothes in your closet? Give half away and consider a capsule wardrobe where you only have a few pieces to choose from each season. Can't decide which show to watch on which streaming service? Why not have just one streaming service or none at all? Can't decide which services to offer in your business? Then narrow down to a handful of things you're really good at and don't worry about the rest. This kind of niching down, by the way, can also help you make all kinds of work-related decisions. Number five, avoid crowd mentality. Just because everyone else is doing it and are even have success, having success doing it, it doesn't mean you should do it as well. Treat your decision as your decision with your specific circumstances in mind. If you're ready to start a podcast of your own, let me just tell you that the right tools make all the difference. Go to workingupward.com forward slash how I podcast and you'll learn all about my podcasting tips, tools, and process, as well as get a link to use that gives you a $20 Amazon gift card in your second month of Buzzsprout hosting. You'll also help support the Work is Good podcast, which I greatly appreciate. Again, that's workingupward.com forward slash how I podcast. Now let's talk about the five-part framework to help you make decisions. And really quick, just so you have a good overview, I'm going to list all five, and then I'm going to break down each one of those along with encouraging Bible verses that help support that and make this a biblical framework. Number one, get the facts. Number two, search the scripture. Number three, seek godly counsel. Number four, pray. Number five, make the decision with confidence. Number one, get the facts. This means just do your homework, research online, ask around, make a chart with pros and cons, read reviews, and make sure you truly understand what's on the table. Proverbs 18, 17 reminds us that the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Don't be pessimistic, but do consider possible negative outcomes. Proverbs 27, 12 says, The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. And remember to consider your resources, your assets or your strengths and your weaknesses, and where you lack. Be as realistic as you can. Luke 14, 28 drives home this point and says, For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. So number one in the five-part framework is to get the facts. Make sure you really understand what's on the table. Part two in the the five-part framework is to search scripture. Now this seems so, so obvious to you and me both, I know, but I think sometimes We think we know it and we don't actually take the step to search scripture or to even look something up. Open your Bible and determine to study it, 
To help with this, take advantage of online Bible searching tools with terms related to your decision. You can do that. You would be surprised at how many um, decisions you can make, not by, you can Google for sure, just a general Google search, but you can take those same search terms and put them in a Bible searching tool, like an online Bible, um, or even you can use online resources to help you understand it biblically as well. I love gotquestions.org to help me understand what the Bible says about a lot of things, especially controversial issues that play a role in decisions I make. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. It's a lot of promises related to applying the scripture in your own life and heeding what God's word has to say. Psalm 119.105 reminds us that his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. In Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Never underestimate the power of scripture and helping you make the right decisions. Part three in this five-part framework is to seek godly counsel. And either Proverbs is just rich with, um, with this principle. And I'm going to read five quick Proverbs for you that will really help you see this. Proverbs 11, 14 says, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 13, 10, where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Proverbs 13, 20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Proverbs 15, 22, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Wow, that's a lot of verses. Just one caveat here, okay? Don't look for yes people. You know, those people who tend to go along with us, who we can steer to our point of view relatively easily. You know who they are. Seek out those people who aren't afraid to tell you like it is, hopefully kindly, but wisely. Part number four is to pray. One of my favorite quotes about prayer is from the poet and hymn writer, William Cooper, who wrote, Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. There's power in prayer. The truth is that when we're in a posture of prayer, we're also in a posture of humility. And James 4, 6 reminds us that God gives grace to the humble. The other side to that coin is that he opposes the proud. So picture your prideful self running with all your strength, heart, and mind. Your arms and legs are in full motion, only God is standing in front of you, hand pressed on your forehead, and you're not going anywhere. If you ever find yourself in a situation where you're moving like crazy, but you're not moving forward, consider the possibility that this could be God opposing you because you're moving in your own strength. First Chronicles 16, 11 tells us to seek the Lord and his strength and to seek his presence continually. 
Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Now, when you pray for God to direct you according to His will in your decision decision making, remember to actually surrender your will to His when you pray. Matthew 6, 9, and 10 says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus was a remarkable example for this himself. In Luke 22, verses 41 and 42, we read that he, Jesus, withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So he he shared his desires to his father, and then he surrendered his desires and said, not my will, but yours be done. I also love James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. How many times do we forget to just ask? Well, there you have it. Ask God for wisdom and he won't give you just a little bit. He will give it to you generously. Okay, part number five in this five-part framework is to go ahead and make the decision with confidence. After you have all the facts you can get, after you've searched scripture, after you've poured your heart out in prayer and surrendered your will to God's will, and after you've sought godly counsel from wise people, you are ready for the final step and just make the choice. You're submitted to God's will, remember? You're going to be fine. The ball is in God's court now, and that's a pretty good place for it to be. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 supports us in this, encourages us. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Romans 8, 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And Isaiah 26, 3, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Remember at the beginning of this episode, I did talk about um, those signs that we are tempted to ask God to show us. And I referenced the peace as that that God does give us peace when we make right decisions. That is a sign that he does give us. So um, when you are making decisions and you do have a peace, you don't have a check in your spirit, that's a good thing um, because your mind is stayed on him and you are trusting in God at that moment. Proverbs 37, 5, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. And let's not forget Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, going back to that peace that we have after we make decisions, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So after you've made your decision with confidence, there are a few more things I'd like you to remember. And the first one is remember that some decisions, not all, can be reversed. Not everything is permanent. Not all decisions. Some decisions, um, you, there, 
there is no right or wrong. There are multiple options and they're all good options. So you may start with one and it is very possible that you can change your mind later. That actually happens. So keep that in mind. Remember that there are a lot of decisions where you're not stuck. You don't have to stay there. Also, remember to routinely evaluate your decisions. This is actually very helpful in a work-related context where you and your business is growing and needing different things at different stages. And for example, you may have a subscription to a journal or a tool or service that you used to read or use all the time in your work, and now you don't. And then remember to learn from your decisions. And this means to make a conscious effort. Sometimes you make the best decision you can with what you know, and you're following the right principles and everything, and then information comes to light later that you can learn from. Keeping a work-related journal is especially helpful for this kind of thing. We're always learning and growing, and our business is constantly evolving. Take note of the kind of work you like and what you really don't like, Take note of those tools that don't really do the job they used to and be open to new tools that may do the job better. Always be learning and willing to learn more. Now, I'd like to close this episode with one more thought, and I hope this will be especially encouraging to you as you go and make decisions confidently, and that's this. Hebrews 5.14, in the context of spiritual growth, says, But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. The more right choices you make over time, the easier you'll find it to keep on making those right choices. It gets easier, friends. Remember this five-part framework if you can, but if you happen to forget the steps, whatever you do, don't forget to stay in the word, stay near to God, and keep trusting him. All right, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is go way back into the recesses of your memory, okay, maybe to yesterday, and think of one good decision you made and one bad decision you made. Pause for a moment and consider what have you learned from each of those. Bonus points if you write it down. Thanks for listening to the Work Is Good podcast. You can check out the show notes and all links mentioned in this episode at workingupward.com or even better, subscribe to my podcast emails so you don't ever miss an episode. Workingupward.com will take you directly to that sign up link. Until next time, keep looking up.